snare? Where's the snare in my headphones? I don't, I don't, I don't hear a snare. I don't have my snare in my headphones. I don't hear a snare. Turn me up, Dylan. Turn me up, Dylan. Where's the snare in my headphones? (laughs) Yo, buenos dias, Chicago. Chicago. Welcome to Women's History Month, y'all. We just finished Black History Month. Welcome to Women's History Month. Y'all. Shout out all the femmes, uh, women identifying women. Shout out all of y'all. We appreciate you. We love you. Y'all, Hilario and I are, t- are tired. <laughs> Tara, ta- Tara is tired because this week, last week, was a month. Last week, the last two weeks have been six months. And we are tired because on Tuesday, we made history on a number of levels in Chicago. Historia. Historia was made. So because it is Women's History Month, I want to, and we'll talk about it later because two of the three are our guests today. Let's go. We will now have more Latinas in city council than we have ever had in the city of Chicago. Let's go. So we now have, as of today, in the new after May 20th or something like that, sworn in, as of today, we will officially have five Latinas in city council. And it could go up to as many as eight Latinas in city council. Shout out. And, um, but we know for a fact there'll be at least six. Because in the 30th Ward, there's two Latinas running for, running against each other. That's right. So by default, we're going to have... We're going to have at least six, as many as eight. And what's even cooler about these Latinas is all of the, the three that were elected on Tuesday night are all under the age of 35. Let's go. Let's go. Stand up, millennials. I don't think y'all understand the power that we're not just talking about coming from the fifth floor and Hilario and I will get into that, but that will come from the second or third floor. That's right. um, Because that's where city council offices are. So shout out to... Julia Ramirez, who we'll have on the show later today. Julia. Uh, the 12th Ward, who, no runoff. She Shout won. out. Halu Gutierrez from the 14th. Halu Gutierrez from the 14th World. Shout out to the Burke Vanishers. Let, let, well, I, we'll get into it later, but Halu vanished the Burks. The Burks are gone. The Burks candidate even lost yesterday. So bye-bye, Burke. If you all don't know who Ed Burke is, who Aaron Burke is, they have been in Chicago politics much longer than I've been alive. So bye-bye. Shout out to Myra uh, Lopez. Zuniga. Zuniga Lopez from Mahente, who managed those campaigns, who I will call the Burke Slayer every day of the week. And shout out to my homie, Jesse Fuentes, who won the 26th Ward. That's right. I think these these Latinas in particular, 
excite me because they understand the Chicago experience and mm. they understand it from a black and brown lens. I've been on panels with Jesse. I know that mm. she is Afro Bornaqua through and through. Like we are this is an exciting moment. And shout out to our girl Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez, who will be back without a runoff. Ow, ow. And we'll be leading the pack with these progressive Latinas. Also, Alderwoman Tabaris, we see you. We know you're out there. No runoff either. Listen. And, and, Rosanna, one more thing. Shout out to the aldermen that got rid of the males. Mm. Sammy Martinez was the candidate from Dick Mail from that regime. So these regimes that was a part of the Vidoli Act 29, mm. who blocked everything Mayor Harold Washington do. These were the remnants That's right. of those regimes. That's right. And those remnants are gone. If you know anything about Chicago history, and you know anything about Chicago politics, you know that the Vidoli Act 29 stood in the way of getting any progressive legislation passed during Harold Washington's first term, and he really had to sue to cut new districts for people to run, including a Luis Gutierrez and Chewy Garcia to become aldermen in the city of Chicago. Can we just give a quick shout out to Candice? <laughs> y'all heard y'all heard trying to hit these uh, these Spanish accents over here. She, what? she said she said Afro Bodiqua. Yeah, a man, Jesse would kill me if <laughs> I messed it up. Let's go, Candice. So as we talk about the Vidaliac twenty nine. As we talk about Mayor Harold Washington, we did something else on Tuesday night. What else we do? What else we do, Hilaria, on Tuesday Look, night? We put the people first. We showed that we showed that Chicago could truly elect and wants to elect someone who's going to invest in the people. Right? Let me tell you something about our brother Brandon Johnson. When we first launched Brandon was polling at 2%. And most of Chicago thought there was no path, thought there was no shot. It was a long shot. But not only did we believe in Brandon, we believed in what his values are and what he stands for. And, and what he stands for is the people of Chicago, right? The black and brown people, working class people, poor people, unhoused folks, LGBTQIA, you name it. Brandon has been in the most unlikeliest of places to talk to all Chicago. And Chicago stood up and put him into a runoff, right? That's what we saw on Tuesday. We saw Chicago from all over the city stand up and put Brandon Johnson into a runoff. Not only that, but something that hasn't happened in over 40 years where a mayor did not make the runoff. We, we fired our boss, y'all. History was made. So I want to, so more than one thing can be true at once. So this is what I want to say. It is Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson in the runoff in the city of Chicago. Um, you know, I, if y'all know me for real, y'all know I'm a big rap fan and 
I was very happy to play Freddie Gibbs couldn't be done because they said it couldn't be done. But we got a lot more work to do. So not only do we have these three progressive Latinas that will that are now in City Hall, we have to not only make sure that we win the mayor's office for somebody who is truly for the people. I don't understand how anyone who is of any conscience of mind in Chicago can vote for someone who is literally saying we need more cops on the street. Not that we need to reform how we do the system. Not that we need more money in our schools. Not that we need more money in our park districts. But all we need is more cops. I don't understand anybody in Chicago who sees themselves as progressive or sees themselves wanting a future for our for our city because the time is now. I don't see how they say that they want a relic of the past. Mm. That's right. Vallis is a relic of the past that tanks our Social Security, our, our, our retirement and pension in the city when he was budget chairs, <laughs> set up our school system for failure. We are still living with the remnants of what he did to the school system in Chicago. And please, please, please check out his record in Philly when he left Philly or was kicked out of Philly or fired from Philly. He left with a record of a no confidence vote, not just from teachers, not just from students, but also parents. That's right. And and from administrators and from administrators. (laughs) And not only that, in New Orleans, under his regime at Recovery School District. And no, I'm not talking about what I think. I am saying this because I was there literally. He left a school system with 92% charter schools with the oversight of those charter schools were mostly from white folks from somewhere else. Listen, that is not the future that we want in Chicago. That's right. We want to take steps forward. We don't want to go back. Jesse Fuentes, Halu Gutierrez, and Julia Ramirez are steps for the future. They are not steps for the past. So let's keep this momentum going with our steps for the future. The the song that we play on this show before we start every time is for the people. Brandon is for the people. Jesse is for the people. Halu is for the people. Julia is for the people, also in a runoff because they were also um, endorsed by everybody that sponsors this show. Desmond Yancey is for the people. Will Hall is for the people. Ronnie Mosley is for the people. Angela Clay is for the people. people. Let's make sure we put the people. Daniel Espada is for the people. Let's go. Let's make sure the fifth, second, third floor, 121 South LaSalle is for the People, and I think we got a break coming. Yo, <laughs> Candace just went all off. I felt like I was like DJ Khaled Migos right now, just trying to just trying to keep up with some ad libs and hyping you up for that's, the for the people. That's what it is. <laughs> I was I was early with that break. I was flowing and I was early with that break. Nah, you were you were killing it. You were killing it. Um, I think you hit it right on right on the head. You know, and and folks need to realize that this campaign is really a failed administrator. Right. Because you'll hear a lot that that he has, you know, administrative chops, but you wouldn't hire someone that 
kept getting fired from a job in the you know with the record of four or five fires. Like you're not going to hire that person to be the top player in a, in a business. So why would we elect someone that has continued to fail city after city? This is a failed administrator. So listen, right? Listen to those talking points because he, he's, he's going to come out and try to make it seem like he knows what he's doing. But literally his resume is filled with failures, right? He has gotten fired every single city he has gone to. So let's just let's make that clear, right? This is this is a failed administrator that we're up against. Okay? And and not only that, but also let's take a look at the people that are supporting him and their reasons for supporting him. Right? I think I am of the opinion that we can't keep supporting someone just because someone else who supports them. If you are a retired politician and you are supporting this person, why? Why? What are what do you have to gain from supporting this person? And everybody fears what they have to lose in Chicago. I will say I will use a Brandon line right now because I don't want to talk about him. Everybody is trying to get a piece of the pie. Mm. But did you ever think about that some people may be allergic to pie? Mm. Some people want a cake. Some people want a cheesecake. I want to fly. Chicago is one of the richest cities in the world. One of the richest cities in the world. Everybody in Chicago should be able to get a piece of the pie. A piece of the cake, Fly. a piece of the red velvet cake, Taxi. a piece of the flan, a piece of the sweet potato pie, a piece of the ponchki. Mm. We all should be able to get be at the table. We all should be at the table. It's not just one. It's all. For the and people. And we'll be right back with Jesse. Thank you. So we're back. Wait, real quick, because we was talking about the people. We got to shout out to all the people that support us. So, Candace, can, can we shout out the people that support us real quick? You know, uh, we got SEIU, ACII, CFL, all of our sponsors, a CTU Foundation. Um, shout out friends of Brandon Johnson. Did I miss someone? Cook County College Teachers 1600 and Chicago Federation of Labor. Thank you for all of your support throughout the years. Thank you for believing in us to carry the message of the people. And shout out to y'all. We got a lot. All of those organizations got a whole lot of work to do in the next couple of weeks. Uh, mucho trabajo. And especially shout out to CTU Foundation. We got to have them back on the show to really talk about the trades and schools. That's it's, right. a, it's a conversation that keeps coming up. That's right. You know, I mean, we need shopping schools. We need um, the trades back in our schools. And CTU Foundation is doing that work. Well, all of y'all that got all this to say about CTU, they'll never talk about the work. So let's talk mm. about the work. And our show will definitely talk about the work. So on well, let's our- get into it. We got two amazing guests that we're bringing on. Two amazing guests who do the work. Two older people elect. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that is so dope to say. Two older women elect. Right. Two brown older women elect. 
One from the southwest side, one from the northwest side. Representing the 26th Ward, we have Jesse Fuentes. And representing the 12th Ward, we have Julia Ramirez. Hello, all the people. Good morning. Good morning. Yo, buenos dias. Como están? How are y'all doing? Feeling good. I'm feeling fantastic. I feel super privileged and humbled to be the 26th Ward, all the person elect. First time running, first outright win. We're feeling we're feeling super motivated over here. Let's go. How about you, Julia? How you feeling? Well, first, I will say I need you guys to call me every morning with that energy. <laughs> <laughs> I really need this to be my alarm clock. Like, hey. <laughs> Mario will record it for you. We need to play some merengue right now. You got some merengue drops on that. Hilario, I'll have Hilario like send you a message with that. I'm gonna hit you with his alarm every morning. El baile de beeper. Incredible on a Sunday morning. So so blessed to be here the energy is like oh my god i feel so great so excited and just super honored to be the next older person of of my neighborhood of um the 12th ward yo let's take a take us real quick to that moment that moment on tuesday when you found that you know you found out it was being called that y'all got it take us to that moment uh jesse we'll start with you tell us how did it feel so it felt wild, right? So we had we had the after party scheduled at Gamers Hall, and I, I didn't even know how many people were there. I just knew people were filling that room, and I was still at the campaign office because mm. me, I was like, I want physical tapes, and I'm sitting here waiting for every single poll watcher to bring me these tapes. And so we WGN had not called it yet. Uh, we went into Gamers Hall with knowing what was on the tapes, and we knew we mm. were above fifty percent. And I walk into this room, and WGN had only announced about 85% of the turnout. And at this point, we were at uh, 54%. And I walk in, and this room goes absolutely insane. I mean, people who were with us from day one, people who had come along that day of elections, people who had only known me for an hour had felt extremely moved that we had won outright. You know, mind you, I was mentally prepared to go into a runoff and at some point we could talk about how the whole campaign trail went but to have one outright was a testament to not just the work that I had put in as a candidate Mm. but you know the hours and days that volunteers put in that my family put in I mean my mother got me the most signatures she worked uh, election days back in November and worked election days again on Tuesday and to watch her cry her eyes out because of how proud she was um, for us was, was really the moment in which we had realized this is the power of a people's campaign and I couldn't I couldn't have been more grateful I think I'm still processing oh, man that's beautiful Julia what about you what was it like on your end in the 12th board yeah I mean people have asked me so many times like when did you know you were going to win and honestly I just, I never took anything for granted. Like, I went to it every day. Like, we were behind, so, you know, we had the energy to really work hard. But one thing I did notice, like, when I was going to all the precincts is, like, people were really excited to vote. You Mm -hmm. know, like, 
and I felt like no no card that you pass somebody, no mailer could take that away from somebody. Like the energizing, the 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 love and the energy like behind the vote. And so I was really proud about that. That felt like an ultimate win all throughout the day. But you know, once um, um, people were looking online and it was only fifteen percent, twenty percent, I was getting text messages like congratulations, and I'm like, oh man, I don't want to see any of that. You know, like. Yeah. So I went to the campaign office and, you know, I just wanted to be real. I wanted to be real. You know, I was leaning on my campaign manager. You know, she's looking at the tape and, you know, I was like, as long as I hear it from her and I heard it from her and we ended up going to the election night party and it was completely packed. Like, I I don't know, up to 200 people. Mm. And it was like people of all ages, my family and like now my friends who are now my, you know, my family, my campaign family. Um, it w- it was absolutely beautiful, and then you know they played like uh, follow me when I walked in, Jeez. and it's like my song, my brother and my song, and I just felt like this is it. Like you know, people know me, and I'm like so glad that I'm able to be me in this space. And I never even thought that possible. Like somebody like me could be even running, let alone winning. You know, and then I'm like you know hearing house music as i walk into it's just unbelievable you know that's cool. so it, it's incredible yeah oh that's so, beautiful so i i like to act like i'm a privileged person and i remember when i got phone calls um from both of you all about you all running and the phone call before you all called me um from Julia, from Fred, and Precious Blood, and Jesse from Eric at SEIU. Um, And Jesse, we've worked on things before, and Julia fell in love with you from the first conversation. So tell me what that first moment of calling the people like me and saying, I want to jump in, because Julia, I think I talked to you before you jumped in. So what, what, as a young person in this city, because y'all are still young, I'm the old lady. As a young person in this city, what made you all, what clinched that decision to jump mm-hmm. in for you all? Yeah. So, you know, I, I had spent 10 years in education, and then I spent the last couple of years doing policy work around public safety. And, you know, here in the hood, in Humble Park, and I'm in Mosa, you know, we had that hit real hard by COVID and we just didn't have folks that was was leading with love and care and was showing our community that we had leaders that were going to show up for us. And then we had a summer um, in which multiple young people across our neighborhood had died of gun homicide. And we didn't have leaders that were taking public safety seriously. And, you know, you spend 10 years in education, I can't tell you how many funerals I had to attend or how many families I had to console they were not prepared to lose their young people. And we had no one who was doing anything about it. In fact, we had elected officials that say, they were saying we didn't have a public health crisis on our hands because we were trying to appease to the gentrifiers in our community. And it just wasn't right. And so, you know, it was the summer uh, right before we launched, and I was exhausted. I was exhausted by, you know, old school type of politics. Uh, and I wanted to ensure that if, if we were going to leave our community in the next four years, there's going to be someone who's going to do it with love and care. And so I decided to, to launch my candidacy. And, you know, we, you know, I have done political work before, Candace, you and I have worked on Deliac's campaign to some degree and have encountered each other in those spaces. But it's different when you become a candidate because it's all about 
articulating why you are the right person. Um, and, you know, you don't realize how much fear there is in folks to, like, you know, want to jump in and support a fresh new face um, when there's someone who's been in a seat for decades. Mm. And it, it was an uphill battle trying to, to get the support. But there's, like, day one folks who were all about my candidacy and Candace, you were one of them, right? I was like, nope, yes, he's the one. And I think that when you can get a couple people in your corner who believe in you from the get, it's all you need to be able to begin what for us in the 26th Ward was, you know, one of the best ground games uh, in an election, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was super privileged to have folks. I think I tell people all the time, the, the, the people to feel the most are the people who have nothing to lose. Mm. And I had nothing to lose throwing my hat in this race. I had nothing to lose running. And so I gave it everything I had. Um, and in turn, my campaign team and all of our volunteers gave this campaign everything they had. Uh, and that's what that's what landed us the win. Uh, but, but it's definitely Candace for, for people like you who in the beginning are, are willing to take the risk and are willing to believe and so thank you no mm -hmm. problem what about you julia what yeah you I mean, honestly yeah um you know what's so crazy like i actually went to vico's um she was announcing um in august and she had invited me i went to school with her and she knows i had done organizing um and back the yards for some years so she's like, you should come and just talk about your experience and your work. And you guys had mentioned her earlier, but Myra Lopez Unido was in the room. And you know her. She's always working. So I spoke, and she was like, oh, no, you got to run. <laughs> I'm like, run? Like, there's no way. Like, I, like how? Like, I don't have the money. I don't, like, I don't have the people organized. And this is August, right? And so um, Gardenas had already... Um, you know, won his primary and nobody was going to face him off in November. And so what's so crazy is like, if I wouldn't have ran, like, you know, my opponent would have just walked in. She would have been appointed and no challenge. And um, what Myra really taught me very early on is I was doubting myself in the possibility of even being a candidate. And she said, you need to talk to people like you need to organize. And if people are with you, like then they will be bought in and they will feel like they're a part of the decision making. And that's what you're about. Out, right and I'm like you're right you know so you know I started talking to different organizers nonprofit organizations like where's everyone at does anybody have a candidate and um, man it, it just like it was so beautiful it was almost just destined to be all the different connections and all the different work that I had done before then and you know I'm, I'm born and raised here in the 12th ward and just like what Jesse is saying is like I literally had nothing to lose because no matter what like I was going to be here and I was going to do the work mm -hmm. but now it's so amazing because because now we have a seat at the table. And in saying that, like, as a person that, like, doubted themselves so early on, I really want this automatic seat to grow into the opportunity of a younger person down the line. I want it to grow into something new and not keep it for what, it, you know, for what it's been, because what it's been has not worked for the people here. Wow, that's really powerful, you know, and hearing hearing the the memories and the visuals that y'all are depicting from not only from Election Day, but from before any of this started um, is encouraging, is inspiring. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about how hard it was, right, because it's important for folks to know that, too. Um, you both um, received nasty attacks from different angles, right? Julia, you had gets 
the the get stuff done pack um, we filled don't with, talk about that with tax. We, filled with wealthy elites um, mm-hmm. coming at you right like that's important to note yeah. because sure. those are the same type of elites that we're seeing still trying to to jump into the race uh, through Paul Ballas right and that's the yeah. story of of the city oftentimes is the wealthy elite trying to remain in control and working class people um, that continue to fight for the people. Right. And then on your end, Jesse, you you also had um, racist attacks right from the right wing, especially from FOP backed candidates. Um, and so those are both two very important stories to tell. And I was wondering if you all can can talk a little bit about just going up against these kinds of forces. Right. And the importance of continuing to fight back. Um, yeah, 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 go ahead, uh, Jesse, if you want to start us off. Yeah, so, you know, uh, FOP Lodge 7 and, and Tunin Chopi Perez, who was my opponent, it tried to send out a mailer and tried to articulate all the reasons why I was unqualified to assume the 26th Ward automatic seat. And a lot of them had been reasons that we had already been honest with the community around, which was, you know, I had a juvenile record, I had an early adult record, and that, you know, I had community who invested in me and I was able to turn my life around. And since then, I've been organizing and leading in our community. And, you know, they did, they did the very, like, typical machine smear tactic stuff. You know, they send a mailer, they darken your face, they change the color of your eyes, they try to make you look evil. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, articulate all these reasons why people shouldn't vote for you. But what... FOP Lodge 7 and Jimmy and Jumping Perez had underestimated is that we had already built relationships across the 26th Ward. When that mailer dropped, we had already walked the war three times. And we had established relationships with our residents. We had been honest mm. with them about who I was and where I came from That's right. and why that was important to That's go to right. city council. Why that lived experience, in fact, made me more qualified. And so, you know, I, I remember on election day, people brought that mailer with them to the polling location mm. in hopes that they would see me, right? And there are folks that would come up to me, they would crumble that mailer, they would put it in my hands, and they would say, that mailer made me want to vote for you more. <laughs> That's right. That's and I remember, right. I, I remember thinking, can you imagine that someone's, someone's strategy to take me down in fact, would be what would carry me over. Mm. I know you don't mean to preach, Jesse, because because that's what you just but did. But you preach it on Sunday. Can you imagine what they put forth to destroy us actually propelled us over the edge? Yep. That's right. That's right. Yep, that's right. That's right. Thank you, Jesse. That that, that that nailer alone kept me out of a runoff. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Come on, Jesse. Julia, how about you? Yeah, um, like a lot of people already know, like my brother was killed by gun violence in two, mm. 2014, you know, like my only brother. And so, you know, the third mailer that they had put out related to public safety and how I just want to disrupt the whole city, you know, which is crazy because I love my neighborhood so much, you know, and I've already lost so much. And that's like actually the exact opposite of what I want for my residents. But um, they had a, somebody holding a gun. 
And it's like so triggering for me. And it was really emotional, you know, and I just thought to myself, like, is that how we're really treating people, people who have gone through so many traumatic events, Mm. you know, like the clear association of just like looking at an image that way and then trying to like pin it on me that I would want to do that. You know, it's just so fear mongering. And like to Jesse's point, you know, thankfully, people already knew us, knew what we were about. And, um, you know, I think that people, they don't like to be made fun of, you know, voters, you know, they're like, we're a lot smarter than this. You know, how could they even Mm -hmm. think that we could fall victim to this? But, you know, this is a lot to say that, like, public safety is the number one issue. And, um, you know, unfortunately, my opponent ended up, you know, um, she was um, going in as, like, a a moderate, but then she went right-leaning, and she Mm. was, like, very pro-cop. And it made me actually more motivated because I said, we don't need that. We're going in in the opposite direction. And, And so that actually put in a lot more fight for me as as um sad as, as it was it's like seeing a mailer like that especially because it's like my friends and family you know you're from here um and then i actually want to make another point as to like the mailer they used this um image of me where everybody thought that they photoshopped a bandana on me <laughs> but it's an it's an actual photo of me in a bandana and um it was actually after george floyd's mur- murder and I just remember, like, I began organizing, and I was feeding people, and we were marching for peace. And I remember I had, like, this mask that was made out of a bandana. It's just what I was feeling, you know? Mm. And um, so it's actually interesting because I was very empowered in that moment. And they used that as a moment to show me as a scary person, but I was very much in my power in that in that photo. So. Well, I appreciate you. Julia, Jesse, stay with us. We're going to get right into a commercial break. We'll be right back. Appreciate y'all. Did you hear the jam? Right. Yo, shout out Dylan real quick. Come on, Dylan. I saw. I didn't know you were cooking back there, bro. Dylan, Come Dylan's on. cooking back there. Yo. I don't know. Everybody everybody on this show seems to be living up their dreams right now. <laughs> Dylan in the kitchen. Hey, my man got one headphone on. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He got one headphone on like a DJ. He in his real DJ bag right <laughs> now, Dylan. Everybody think that, like, they just think that, you know, you're a political chief of staff. You do the radio stuff. But honestly, dealing with the uh, dealing with this one headphone on. and this shoulder up, we know what a real goal is. Hey, who needs Julian Jumping Perez when right. you got Dylan? Dylan on the ones and two. <laughs> DJ D. <laughs> so, you know, there are now five Latinas who will be in this next city council, and I know for a fact that everybody. Um, We'll get down to the work. But we're going to start with uh, Julio. What are you most excited to work on in this next session of city council? What's the future that you want to see for the 12th Ward? Yeah, like, well, definitely on the ground um, when it comes to the residents that vote here. Like, as you guys see all the time, like the southwest side, like even just all of the wards together like we're we're at the bottom right like we don't have a lot of people that are politically active that are prone to vote and so i really want to build up my voter base and what that really means is like organizing people um i feel like the system that's in place in terms of having an office 
and having people, you know, go to the office to ask questions, I don't think really works because people don't even really know what an alderman, aldermanic office does, right? Mm. And so I really think that we need to start educating folks about how to participate. That's something that I'm wanting to offer because four years down the line, like, I want the people to be better off, not myself, right? So, you know, if, like, win or lose, like, people will, will have their own power and they'll get to choose, you know, who, who they want to represent them. But definitely in city council, I mean, man, I've, I've gotten to be in spaces with Jesse these past couple times, and it's been absolutely amazing. I feel like it's our time. We're growing in our own power at the city at large. And so I'm most excited really working uh, for my community, but really for all the ways in which we're connected and that we can actually push things forward um and then you know in hopes of of having an amazing mayor too what about you jesse yeah to you know to julia's point i think that we both are representing wards in which the latino community has lost trust and folks ability to govern mm. and we see that through voter turnout uh and there's you know there's a lot of work to do to put processes in place and to build political organizations that truly are trying to center the voices of the Latino community. And we're going to have to be creative in the ways we do that. We know that our folks work two to three jobs to sustain their families. We're going to have to meet our families where they're at to make sure that they are heard. Mm. You know, in city council in particular, I'm super excited to be able, and I'm going to uh, manifest this. We're going to have Brandon Johnson as our mayor. Let's go! Mm. We're going to be able to ensure that we are passing things like treatment, not trauma. That we're going to pass bring Chicago home. We're going to make sure that we're grappling with the root causes of public safety in our communities because we know that the over-policing of our people has not made our communities safer. And mm. so I'm excited to be able to fulfill the commitments that I have made on the campaign trail to ensure that we are investing in intervention and prevention programs for our young people that we're bringing back. Uh, after school programs and park district programs. I want to ensure that we're opening a month, uh, public mental health clinic. And so there's a lot of work to be done. There's obviously a lot of collaboration to be done with other city council folks because we know uh, it's not just about building better wards for our community, but a better city of Chicago for every resident across our city. And uh, I'm excited, right, about the new faces in city council and to be able to be in partnership with some real fierce Latinas to get the work done. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm also the first Latina to represent the 26th Ward uh, and the youngest to go into city council. Let's go. District. Let's <laughs> go. We need, so, a, we need a DJ alarm, like a... Burr, 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 burr. So, real, real quick, y'all, we got our sister Tara Stamps on the live line. Tara, do you have a question for our guest? Hey, can y'all hear me? Yep, we can. Yes. First of all, con- uh, first of all, just congratulations. Um, and you guys asked a lot of the like really important questions. I just want to say to you, Jesse, I you're like you were one of the first um, interviews I sat in for when I joined the PAC at CTU, and um, I told Eladio, I said, "She the truth." I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know where everybody else is talking about. Um, and there was a question that really made me think like. If she takes that with her to city council, you, the people will love you. And that was someone brought up, I get your past and something you had voted on and just your humility and vulnerability and that space to say, I did do that. And, and that was not the best move to make. I thought it was like that kind of reflection was so refreshing. So thank you and congratulations. 
um, you all know that a lot of our communities are under attack. You also know that uh, one of the ways in which the power. Uh oh, sorry, you just went out. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, can you hear me now? Now yeah. we can. Yeah. Yes. I just wanted to know from both of them, what are your plans? What are your strategies around unifying black and brown people in these spaces? Um, because there is a deliberate attack to separate us. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's the black and brown tension across our communities has one has been one that's historical, right? And I think there also has been moments in which we have seen direct solidarity between the black and brown community. I think we have a moral obligation to educate our communities, right? Because mm-hmm. there's so many uh, misconstructions of the narrative when we are fighting for a black person to be in power or when we're fighting for a Latino person to be in power um, that often uh, allows people to believe that we're fighting each other. Mm. And I think that we need to begin to create spaces in which that coalition is being built, uh, that we begin to build momentum and root ourselves in transparency and accountability because we have that more obligation to our community, right? So many of us are at the table building black and brown coalitions, but that doesn't necessarily transcend to our communities, and they're not, they don't understand the movement that we are trying to build. And so, you know, in the next uh, four weeks, I'm going to make sure that I'm still knocking on doors in the 26th Ward, mm-hmm. and I need to articulate to every single resident uh, why Brandon Johnson is the right choice for Latinos. That's not going to be important for us, right? Um, for folks to understand that that black brother is going to ensure that Latino communities have the resources that they deserve, mm-hmm. and in the future, in turn, we will do the same for our black brothers and sisters. And so, it's about that communication. It's about that public education. To be quite honest, that we just haven't we haven't gotten rights, and 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 that's on us. And we got to do the work uh, in our communities and across the city. Wow! Thank you, thank you, thank Jesse. You Julia, so much, Julia. Yeah, that was amazing, Jesse. Yeah, I mean, I think that the work starts now, like immediately, you know, especially working uh, to organize for Brandon Johnson to be mayor, having these tough conversations, especially when Chuy Garcia was running, right, about like identity politics, as we're talking about it today and why it's so important, but also really thinking about like not everybody that looks like us is representing us in the right way, right? And so having these really tough conversations, you know, especially being an organizer on the Southwest side, I see the divisions, like clear divisions on certain streets, whether it be Little Village to West Garfield Park or back of the arts to Inglewood, right? And so how do we not, we stop working in silos? How do we build coalition? And how, we, how do we represent everybody? Because our ward um, is actually changing. We have a, a lot of Black-owned businesses in the 12th ward. We actually have grown through um, our Asian population, immigrant families, um, also coming um, from all different parts of Latin America, right? And so, like, how are we creating space for all of us? Because we all have a lot more in common. And I think that the system um, tries to, to tell us. And so, you know, as a leader and as a representative, we're going to start right away in, in creating conversation to let people know that somebody like Brandon Johnson is the best representation for, for all people. Beautiful. Thank you all so much for being on with us today. We are overly. I am speaking with all my hats on now. We are overly excited to start Women's History Month with two of the five Latinas that we know. It's guaranteed to be six. It could be as many as eight. That's right. In city council. 
Um, we are excited, uh, Jesse, for you. You know, the ground was tilled for a progressive alderman of the 26th Ward starting in 2015, if not before. We shout out to Juanita Arazari with her run. Julia, you are the beginning of a tradition on the southwest side. You and Halu that we will not let go of mm-hmm. on that part of the southwest side. Uh, Congressman Garcia has been doing it for years. Um, Rudy Lozano was doing it before that. But it's that area of the southwest side that we haven't um, gotten to with real progressive candidates. So thank you. And and I want to just thank you. You know, as a Latino, um, I have wonderful, beautiful nieces, and I'm just so glad that they, they have amazing examples that they can look at. Um, in Jesse, in Julia, uh, in Halu, um, in many of the other uh, Latina in women. In Rosanna. You know, sh- shout out. Um, hopefully soon we'll have uh, Lori Torres win the 36th Ward. You know, um, amazing examples for them to look at. And, and I'm sure many, other, uh, many of our young girls um, across our city also. So thank you all for all the work that you're doing and that you've done. Looking forward to seeing all the good trouble y'all causing city council. And working with you all. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Have a good have a good Sunday. You do too. Y'all have a great Thank Sunday. You. Get some rest if you can before you go door knocking. Candace, you know what I you know what I loved about this conversation and what? about what Jesse and Julia were saying was was that they are examples and they are um we should be looking at right now to say talking about treatment not trauma talking about fun fully funding our libraries our parks our schools um this is what chicago wants and they're proof of that right they're living proof that chicagoans um are tired of the tale of two cities right and want our electeds to invest in people right and and that gives me encouragement right and and hope for our city um, especially for these next four weeks. You know what I'll say is this, and I'm gonna let I'm gonna let our sister Tara close us out. But what I'll say is this: Chicago, in particularly, right, elected the first uh, the first since Reconstruction black man to go to the Senate. Mm. Before that, allowed the first black woman to be elected to the Senate. We have the first Latina, shout out to Delia Ramirez, from the Midwest, right? We were in the forefront of having one, we were in that forefront of having one of the first black mayors of a major city. We were in the early 80s. Um, we were we were the first city, going back to our history, Oscar DePriest, of having the first black congressman since Reconstruction. We are a city. We are a talented city. Mm. And yesterday was Chicago's birthday. We deserve a new birth in Chicago that has nothing to do with the death and destruction that we have seen around us for decades. But we deserve a new birth in Chicago Mm. of people of this generation who want to see this change. It is not a mistake that the three Latinas that got elected are all under the age of 35. Mm -hmm. That is not a mistake. This is a changing of the guard. This is a changing of what our vision looks like. That's right. 
So I'm going to turn it over to my sister, Tara Stamps, to go ahead and close us out. Wow. I didn't even see that comment. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, that's what she did, her history stride on. I love that. <laughs> um, listen, I know. Look, you, you need deep in And I'll be like, man, she cold with it. Listen, um, thank you all. Thank you all. We have so much, much more work to go. But as a lot of you are saying, uh, this being Women's History Month is an amazing opportunity we've been afforded to raise up new female leaders to break down walls of what it's supposed to look like. Um, I was listening this morning to my pastor, and he talked about when and where I enter. Um, and I want to say it was Julia Cooper, but I might have that name wrong. But the idea that women get to say when and where I enter and the world will follow. And so the fact that these sisters are just ushering in new leadership and supporting the leadership that we're ushering in is an amazing opportunity. So I'm going to ask everybody to get out there and knock some doors and call your friends and do that thing because the city, um, right after its birthday, is on the precipice of a whole new day. Um, and it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a Chicago one. That's right. That's right. Thank you all so much. So next week, we love you, Chicago. When, when Sunday comes, y'all. Stay faithful.